4: Welcome
0: to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios.
5: And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
6: Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the Friday edition of The Ride Home. Kath. good to see you. Nice to see you, John. Nice. You're uh, rocking your 70s style here today.
7: Yeah, I said I felt like, I feel like Mary Tyler Moore.
6: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... It is. A very 70s look, isn't it? Lou Grant
7: is going to uh-huh. come in and uh, tell me that I wrote some story wrong.
6: Mm-hmm. And Ted. What, Ted, uh, what's his name? Ted Knight. Ted Knight. But well, what was his name on the show? Was it, was it Ted Knight I think on it the was, show? I think
7: I was his name on the okay, show. Okay,
6: yeah. As the actor. I have to
7: say, I don't remember a whole lot about that show. Oh, don't you? No. I, I remember it was on Sat was Saturday, Saturday night, mm-hmm. right? And I remember it was a big deal when I was allowed to watch it. That's pretty much all I have.
6: Do you remember the Steeler kerfuffle? No. Oh, uh, Super Bowl the Saturday before the Super Bowl, um, Steelers versus the Vikings yes. on the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Somehow, she made a prediction that the Vikings would defeat the Steelers. The following week, she came back with an apology. <gasps> how about that?
7: As it should be.
6: Yeah. Now, which means to me, which you says know, to that, me, that. how did they how did they produce the
7: show? Well, they had to have produced it on time. Yeah, Like right. Really, Within right up week, to the right? date that they were going to air it. The second thing is that's what happens when rookies like wander into the sports thing. Who,
6: Mary Tyler Moore? Yeah, I
7: mean, she probably didn't know anything about that's football. That's
6: the only thing she's a rookie at, right? Did you ever throw your hat in the air?
7: No, but mm-hmm. I loved her on The Dick Van Dyke Show. Of course, you did. So much. Yeah. In fact, the pants I'm wearing today, which I would love to show you for those of you who are watching us streaming, and you can on Facebook right now, Facebook Live, mm-hmm. The Ride Home with Johnny Kathy and 101.5. Hi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Word FM Pittsburgh. I am wearing the exact same pants
6: of Mary Tyler Moore.
7: That Mary Tyler. I mean, okay, it's not they're not the same. No, no, pants. no. <laughs> but but you know, style-wise, they are exactly the same pants.
6: What do they call it? Pedal pushers. Uh, pedal pushers. Yes. I remember that phrase. Pedal pushers,
7: and that was dee, a dee, huge dee. deal. Yeah, because she wasn't wearing a dress.
6: Would you like to stand up? No. Uh, like <laughs> <laughs> no. no? Okay. No. Look, all you right. can't really see. No, stand you can't. All right, really can. some sorry. pedal pushers. Um,
7: that was a gigantic deal that she was wearing pants. Really? And little loafers. Liberated. Yeah. And the even the Moore. shoes I'm wearing are kind of. Can I show? My shoe? Yeah,
6: please. Oh yeah, yeah, well, I yeah. I can't
7: really show my shoe. Anyway,
6: it's a patent leather. It's a
7: patent leather, like little Oxford thing, right? <laughs> I so, can't figure out how to get it in the.
6: If Dick Van Dyke could come into the studio, you Forget could it. dance in the living room get with it. Mary Tyler Moore. I, mean, I
7: don't know how to work these cameras. I'm it's, a so it's a lot. Hard. It's a lot. John. Yeah. So what?
6: We're on one one point five Word FM on Facebook. <laughs> Right and and, uh, and
7: after your explosion verbal explosion yesterday that you didn't want it was too much for you to talk about people's comments.
6: What do you mean? You oh, like to deal with them. I had no idea. I mean, it was just totally so, off the cuff. So, so
7: lots of people are commenting on our stream as it's being aired on right. Facebook. Right, I have to go to there to the page. And John was like, well, I can't possibly look at that while well, the... I'm doing the show. So today. We're looking at it. We're, we're looking at it. <laughs> so, if you want to make a comment, if you're watching the show right now or in some part of the next two right. hours, and you want to make a comment, listen, we're paying attention. Okay,
6: so could you imagine? John's so going to answer. I'm making those comments yesterday, and management was—they ro- were rolling their eyes, like we've done all this work, and this coconut sitting there refuses to engage in the broadcast. That, That's I was, what I imagined. I
7: was also rolling my eyes. You Mike, were, were you rolling your
6: eyes. No, you were yes. not. Get of out course, of here. we were rolling our eyes. What you told
7: why, me? Why are you streaming live? In any form, if you're not inviting people's
6: comments. I'm talking here. I'm working. I'm engaged. I'm, I'm going to look at Facebook this evening, it's perhaps. Like some,
7: it's like some guy who's like in a closet all the time, and someone tells him he's going to have to come out and say hi to I the don't neighbor. I think
6: so. I mean, look, how do I have time to look at... Okay, now I'm there I am complaining on Facebook. I'm watching myself. It's ridiculously sad. It's really, really sad. Don't, you don't oh, want to see the that. The whole
7: thing is sad.
6: So is anyone right there now? No.
7: I don't know because I'm not looking. Oh, I, I see. I too okay. many other things. Right. Right
6: I pulled over to see you. Lisa says that. Lisa Blackwell. Yeah, Lisa Hi, Lisa. You. Yeah, very nice. Okay.
7: Uh-huh. All right. So there's a big thing happening in the strip. And by big thing, I mean... Oh, boy. A potentially really big thing going up right by the 16th Street Bridge.
6: Right. Okay, so you know the building, the old warehouse where the Woolies Fish, right, right the lit fish, has been there forever.
7: It's a uh, freezer building.
6: Right. It's an old – yeah, it's been there forever. Probably, I bet, just since like 1920s. Probably. Right? So that building has been sold. And no more cold storage. No. Now there is a proposal – that, weirdly enough, the mayor of the city of Pittsburgh, Mayor Peduto, has chimed in on because they want to build a 21-story office tower at that site. Now, the weird thing is, the tallest building in that general area, like, you know, within blocks and blocks and blocks, is 10 stories.
7: Great, so it's going to be twice as high?
6: Right. It will dwarf the neighborhood. And, I mean, thousands and thousands of people are projected to shop, live, work there. What kind of an imprint would that be like on the Strip District, right. which is that a fragile mix as it is? Right, right?
7: But Mayor Peduto doesn't have any control over that, right?
6: He does not. The only control he has uh, over is what he said is that, you know, every time that there is a large project like this, the city will offer incentives, you know, some sort of tax abatements or work around the perimeter to, you know, ease the flow or, you know, the amenities that make the building look good, mm-hmm. whatever. He said, well... I, I can't really say don't build it, but we prefer that you would go back to the drawing board and give us some other options. My only recourse is to say we're not going to partner with you in those amenities.
7: I really hope that that's not the case. Me too. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure that the people who are buying it are fine people, but who are building it? Right, but yeah. I hope that the final plan is somewhere around ten stories.
6: Well, you're a regular strip, uh, strip shopper. Yeah, oh,
7: in no. fact, I was going to go this afternoon, and ended up uh, there was some confusion with my car. <laughs>
6: And that's a whole other story, Mm -hmm. is it not? We'll talk about that (laughs) later as today's
7: show unfolds. Hey, also, uh, the UPMC profits are in, you told me.
6: Oh, my goodness, are they ever. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the nonprofit, now look, we love uh, UPMC because they're the area's largest employer, right? But they are essentially a non-profit corporation. Not
7: essentially. They are that. Right. right. I mean, that's what they call
6: themselves. Right. I'm sorry. I'm looking at my stack of stuff here. Please bear with me. It's kind of embarrassing being on camera and looking through your stack of stuff. Right. (laughs) Not prepared. Hey, Johnny. Looking through your stack.
7: So are you saying we should talk about the UPMC uh, profits in another segment? Perhaps. Okay. All right. We're going to move on ahead because I have good news for all of you (laughs) because it's time. We're going to
6: move on ahead. It's
7: time for me to tell you all. (laughs) Tell me what. Your weekend has begun.
6: Oh, yes. Very nice. Thank goodness. In lieu of music... Let's just do a a hearty hand clap. Is that
7: what we're doing now? Yeah,
6: I think it is. It's Mm -hmm. uh, 11 minutes past the 4 o'clock hour, and truly all is right and well in the world. Really, it is. It's been a long week, hasn't it?
7: You know, with our streaming, we're having some uh, licensing issues with music. And so we haven't worked those out yet, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. So we're going to hand clap until we hear further.
6: Right. Because
7: we want to be on the up and up, don't we, Mike? Oh. Oh, yeah. Mike wants to be on the up and up.
6: last thing you want to do is, you know, be sort of ticketed for some... You know, violation.
7: No, we're not. We're not will roll. We're, we're not going to be ticketed at all. I mean,
6: it's one thing to miss a story about UPMC. <laughs> right. It's a totally other one to play the wrong piece <laughs> you, of music. You mean,
7: you mean the story that you wanted, you brought up in the pre-show meeting. You wanted to talk about that one. So
6: I did. <laughs> so I did.
7: That's all right. We'll talk about right. it later in today's show because we got two full hours. Okay. Anyway, coming up ahead, one of our favorite guests, yes. Rachel Gilson from New England, is going to be talking uh, with us. This is her new book. It is called "Born Again This Way." It's her story of uh, coming out coming to faith and what comes next it's on the friday edition of the ride home
6: we're here 101.5
4: 101.5 WORD. Coming
3: up on Love
4: Worth Finding.
3: God can see our faith, but look at me. Do you see any faith? The only way you know anything about my faith is what you see me do, but God can see my heart. Therefore, I am justified before God by faith, but I am justified before you by works. Join Adrian Rogers for a guide to practical Christian living this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on one hundred and one.
6: 1.5 W-O-R-D. The team at My Pillow is grateful for you. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and he guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my Sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60 day money back guarantee and a 10 year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free by calling 800 391 0954 and use promo code WORD. For a limited time, you can buy one, get one free. Call 800 391 0954 or go to mypillow.com. But make sure to use the promo code word.
1: For your next client meeting, instead of worrying about where to get lunch, why not relax and get down to business? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides truly delicious value to satisfy hungry clients and colleagues alike, like their best seller, roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and get to work. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food.
6: Bad. We live in very confusing sexual times, do we not?
7: I, yeah, that's an understatement. We do.
6: I mean, I, I, I don't think that you can point to a time, certainly not in recent history by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, it, it's a mishmash. Um, and especially people in the church or uh, in the culture themselves, just trying to sort of get a hold of what it is, what it is to be partnered, what it is to be in love, what it is about gay, bisexual, lesbian, uh, the whole conversation and how it intersects with what it is to be a faithful believer in Jesus Christ. Rachel Gilson is with us. Rachel was with us a a while back. Uh, She's got a brand new book out called Born Again This Way, Coming Out, Coming to Faith and What Comes Next. Rachel, welcome back to the show.
7: It's so great to be with you guys again. Rachel, we really so much appreciate you. Stuff you. The stuff you write, this new book, all of it, we're super excited that you're here to talk to us about it. Um, and I think the, for me the number one reason is that I feel like when I talk to you about stuff regarding sexuality, I'm not worried that I'm going to say the wrong thing. And- oh, I'm so glad. Well, but that's one of the problems in talking to my friends who are gay or lesbian or were or are considering or whatever it is, is that it's so fraught with emotion that I'm just, it's almost like I can't talk because I'm afraid that whatever I do say, it's going to be a bad choice.
9: No, it's true. I mean, it's such a vulnerable topic for each of us that sometimes we can feel stuck and it can be helpful to have, you know spaces that are safe for us to process out loud all the different questions that we have. Right.
6: So Rachel, share a little bit of your story with us. Would you please uh, talk to me? Talk about what it was like growing up as Rachel Gilson.
9: (laughs) Yeah. So I grew up completely outside of a Christian home. Um, So I knew people around me who went to church, but that just wasn't part of my family's identity. And so by the time I was a high school student, I had decided that maybe Christians weren't really that smart. Um, I thought maybe the answers to life's big questions were outside of religion, specifically Christianity. Um, But also in high school, I recognized that, gosh, the way that I felt about girls actually seemed like the way that most of my female friends felt about boys. And because I wasn't from a church background, I didn't really know exactly how to process that. I was like, well, is this okay? Is this not okay? And I couldn't really think of any reason why it wouldn't be. So I thought, you know, I'll just go for it. And, um, you know, having romantic and sexual relationships with other women, not being religious, I was like, okay, like I'm on I'm on the front edges of what's new and important in the world. And I went off to college and um, it was actually there that I encountered the gospel for the first time. Really surprisingly, I was in a lecture. Um, they were talking about, you know, philosophical ideas, and and it it set me off on a trajectory of wondering, well, are there actually good proofs for the existence of God? And uh, even as I was exploring that question, I started reading more and more about Jesus and being interested in Him as a character, and then realizing, well, even if Jesus is an interesting character, I mean, that doesn't change the fact that, You know, I want to marry a woman someday. And gosh, like that doesn't seem to be in line with anything that Christianity teaches. I kind of felt like it was a barrier to my sexuality. And
6: so, Rachel, while while all this was going on in your life, um, where was the culture? I mean, had the culture yet caught up with the conversation? Because this is fairly new.
9: Yeah, no, it's it's really important. So I, I sometimes joke that this was back when Will and Grace was still edgy, not okay, nostalgic. Sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this was this was back that. in two thousand and four. Okay. So um, Massachusetts was just about to become the very first state to legalize same-sex marriage. Um, we were really at the front end of a big turn that we were about to make. Now I'd argue that we've made a much bigger turn since 2015 with the Supreme court ruling, but we were starting to pick up steam in around this time. So yeah, I really felt, you know, the future is with me.
6: Right. And in the midst of all that, what about your family?
9: You know, so my family was very understanding. My mom had um, spent her, like she called it her wild twenties in San Francisco in the eighties, um, which was a very gay friendly place. And so she didn't have any problems with my sexuality. Um, yeah, there wasn't I, I really felt affirmed and um supported in my sexuality and in my intellectual choices. So okay, you know, I didn't I didn't have anything that was crushing down on me, which frankly, is different than a lot of people who grow up experiencing same-sex attraction. You know, most people who identify as LGBT report having grown up in some kind of church, and most of them also report strong feelings of shame around Mm -hmm. their identity, questions like that. So there's, there's a lot of ways in which... My experience is a minority within a minority. Right.
6: So that's interesting. So it's a freeing story in a way because you were comfortable as a lesbian, but then something happened which changed your perspective.
9: <laughs> that's right. So, so then the thing was, I encountered the gospel. Um, I ended up in a position where I stole a copy of Mere Christianity from a friend of mine because um, I was too embarrassed to ask her for it. And uh, while I was reading it one day. I was suddenly overwhelmed with, gosh, not only is there a God, but there is, like in a generic store brand kind of sense, but there is a a holy God who made me, who is perfect, and and who's going to hold my life to an account. And I was running through my life, you know, like, gosh, I'm a liar, I'm a cheater, I'm arrogant, I'm sexually immoral, I'm reading the stolen book, you know, like all the chips (laughs) were firmly pushed into the guilty category. And I I definitely felt fear... But at the same time, I recognized um, that—recognized, I think the Spirit revealed to me that part of the reason Jesus had come was to place Himself as a barrier between God's wrath and me, and that the only way to be safe was to run towards Him, not away from Him. And so sitting there, I was like, well, gosh, like, I don't want to be a Christian. Like, so much of my life will have to change in ways that sound kind of lame. I say that now laughingly, I don't think my life is lame, but but I also recognize, well, I can't pretend that the gospel isn't real just because it's inconvenient. Like, I'm never going to get a better deal than this. Um, and so I closed my eyes and, and said, okay, fine, God, <laughs> I'll, I'll be a Christian. Um, and the, the the next 16 years has been me uh, figuring out what does it mean to thrive in my relationship with Jesus even though my attractions to women have never gone away.
6: Rachel Gilson is with us born again this way, coming out, coming to faith and what comes next. So that's interesting Rachel, so it's not as though you had this this moment where God, you know, touched you and took away any same sex sex attraction. This is something that you're, you know, you've lived with every day. But at the same time, you recognize the majesty of Christ in your life and your obedience to Christ. And you've gone and and lived a life which is honoring to him um, getting married, having a family, living a life and, you know, writing about it, being transparent about it. And I'm sure taking a lot of flack about it as well.
9: Well, I think there's just so much confusion about choices like mine. And by the way, there are other people making these exact same choices. Yes. It's not like I'm a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's confusion because what our culture has told us is that the only way to be your authentic self is to do just what your desires tell you to do. That that's the way to really be you. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I've found following my desires. I mean, sometimes it made me happy. Sometimes it made me miserable. I mean, my desires were not a, a particularly generous slave driver, if you know what I mean. Right. And I think that the question I've returned to again and again is who owns me? Is it my desires or is it Jesus Christ? But who he created is you? much more gentle. Yeah, Who, who's the one who actually has promised to take care of me? My desires have not promised to take care of me.
6: But what about love is love, God, Rachel?
9: Lisa. You know, what about love is love? Well, and I, and I do think it's important for us to recognize that um, part of the reason that we feel romantic desire, part of the reason we feel sexual desire, is because, well, God created us as um, desiring beings. I mean, He Himself is, uh, is someone who desires. But because we're fallen, our desires aren't always an accurate map towards what is good. But we really need God's Word, the one who made all of this, who understands it, to help us help us see what's going on. And part kind of the reason that we know that, um, you know, all of our movies, our songs, we know that sex communicates. And I think one of the Bible's um, secrets that's sort of hidden in plain sight is the reason sex communicates is because that's what God designed it to do. He actually invented Sex and marital love to tell the story of the gospel.
7: Rachel Gilson is with us. The brand new book is, had to reach around to get it. Thank you. Born Again This Way, Coming Out, <laughs> Coming to Faith, and What Comes Next. You can watch us now on Facebook Live uh, 101.5, uh, Word Pittsburgh, or The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Rachel, everything that you're saying, I think, is understood in in a cultural context. You said, you know, not all my desires are good for me. So, you know, we talk about what we're giving up for Lent, right? People recognize that they eat too much, that they drink too much, that, you know, sugar has too much of an impact on them, that carbohydrates are bad, that they don't exercise enough. I mean, look at how many self-help books are released on a weekly basis. Uh, So the, the culture gets that. But when it comes to sexuality, that cannot be applied in culture. We have to let everybody do whatever they want to do. You have to be willing to pursue every desire. You have to be able to pursue every desire you have anytime you have it.
9: Well, and I think what's also a, a part of our cultural narrative is, and it's in the church as well, is that you're not really a full or complete human unless you have a romantic partner. Yeah, we actually have no place for like the dignity of singleness, mm-hmm. for example. And the New Testament holds marriage in very high regard, but also holds singleness in very high regard. Right. And so we, everything that we've absorbed from the culture and a lot of what we heard from church hasn't really prepared us to answer the questions we're having to face. We, we come in thinking, okay, I I feel this strongly, so I need to give into it. We come into life thinking, if I don't have the perfect, you know, if I don't marry my best friend and have perfect sex forever, then I'm a loser, I'm a nobody. You know, we right. we think that God's rules about sex are because he's prudish or embarrassed when actually he invented our bodies. And so we're just, we find ourselves often not equipped to see that God has a beautiful plan for our bodies and even a beautiful thing to say about how
6: we relate to each other with right. our bodies. But, you know, Rachel, I mean, people will say, well, well God created me this way. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the, you know, the sexuality, how God has made us gay or straight or whatever, that is so deep within us. And so as a, a, someone who's gay and would turn against that sexuality, that pull, that desire, you know, all that, uh, it, it goes against their very nature. And so how can I do that? So my choice is, as a gay person is, Um, what, I can call myself a gay Christian and continue on with my life, I can live a celibate life and follow Jesus, or I can continue on and, you know, um, just continue to sin and just avoid the whole conversation totally. Or
7: not think of it as sin. Right. Yeah, I mean, so it does, I mean, we have
9: to acknowledge, right, that our sexual feelings are often, gosh, I mean, they're a really tender part of us, and they're huge, they're they're strong and Most people, like, I I have no idea why I experience attraction to women. Now, there are some people who, you know, have reported to me that they kind of have a sense of where their same-sex attraction came from. Mm -hmm. But for most of us, it kind of appeared um, just as naturally as anything else. But as Christians, we know that just because we feel something naturally, just because we feel something strongly, doesn't mean that that feeling needs to be obeyed. But I think what's also really encouraging about Scripture is um, God has laid forth for us that there are there are two ways um, to live in faithfulness to His Word. We can be faithfully single, or we can be faithfully married to someone of the opposite sex. And what's, what's beautiful about both of those callings is um, I don't actually have to become straight to do either of them. Mm-hmm. I can be faithfully single, whether I'm attracted to... Men, women, both, neither, like cartoons, it doesn't matter, right? And, and, and actually, I can be faithfully married whether I'm attracted to men, women, both, neither, because if God's called me to get married, which I believe he did, well, he can equip me with everything I need to be married to that one man. I don't need to be attracted to all men. And so I, I think there's some freedom to not have to repress the fact that I do have uh, the capacity to be romantically and sexually attracted to women, but also to not kind of fret about trying to destroy it or root it out. I I actually have freedom to say, you know what? I'm just gonna take my thoughts captive to Christ and and, um, by the Spirit, live into obedience. And that's frankly what each of us have to do. I mean, I don't think I've met any married person who isn't sometimes attracted to someone who's not their spouse. And if they're a Christian, by the power of the Spirit, they they say yes to Christ and and no to pursuing that attraction towards yeah, lust. Is, or, isn't or towards that interesting, worse. though,
7: Rachel? Because our you know, as I'm hearing you talk, what's louder in my head is the cultural narrative, which is that mm. is that sure. I mean, heterosexual people feel attracted to other people all the time, but it's not fair to ask somebody who's gay to not go al- So it's a it's it. I think the story we're telling right now is that it's okay for heterosexuals to say no, but it's not okay for people who are same-sex attracted to say no.
9: Well, the truth is God's sexual ethic is extremely high for all of us. You know, we every single one of us needs grace and truth in order to live into what God said about our bodies and about our attractions. But I do think you're right. There's There sometimes can be a feeling like, well, gosh, so you're going to, forced me to be um, to be celibate. But the reality is, when we become disciples of Christ, um, he can ask anything of us. And so the question then becomes, is he worth it? If he's not worth it, then this is just a weird hobby When we could be brunching on Sunday mornings. <laughs> like, he has to be worth it. Like, when I read the parable about the man who discovers the treasure in the field and in his joy, in his joy, he sells everything so he can buy that field. That's the gospel to me. Is he worth it? Like, Mm -hmm. even even if it meant no to my sexual desires now, that there's a reality that all of these desires point to a marriage that's coming, God's marriage with his people, and that in the resurrection, I'm going to experience the fullness of what this is pointing to right now so it's not saying no to fulfillment of pleasure or marriage ever it's saying hey i'm gonna stake my whole life in believing in the resurrection and believing that god's going to show up here
6: rachel gilson is with us her brand new book is called born again this way coming out coming to faith and what comes next we need to take a a quick break but rachel gilson will stay with us for a little bit longer and we'll continue on this conversation stay with us
0: Is some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MetaShare. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance, and it's worked beautifully for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. Metashare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, and over the years, members have shared over $3 billion of each other's medical bills, so they could help share your needs, too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. You're not stuck with a high-cost health plan. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. Here's the number to find out more, and there's no pressure. They are super easy to talk to. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE.
1: 844-45-BIBLE. Thinking about
10: life insurance?
1: Did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies for free? You can with SelectQuote. For example, George is 39. He was getting sky high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. So why not consider a private Christian school that's been serving the community for nearly 40 years? At Central Christian Academy in Houston, pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to propel them to the top of the class in high school and beyond. Central Christian Academy creates model student leaders other kids look up to. Students prepared for a world that needs Jesus. Schedule a private tour and learn more at ccaschool.com. The message Liberty Mutual Insurance customizes your coverage so you only pay for what you need is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance,
6: where you can customize your coverage so you only pay for what you need.
0: Liberty, Liberty,
8: Liberty, Liberty. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me.
1: Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com.
4: Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus, iHeart. Tune in and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
11: Partly to mostly cloudy with some flurries for tonight. Low 18. Snow shower to start Saturday. Otherwise cloudy, breezy, and cold. High 32. Saturday night, partial clouds. Low 20. Sunday, cloudy and milder with a high 50. Monday, cloudy with occasional rain and drizzle, followed by a shower in spots in the afternoon. High 51. Tuesday, high 55. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Rob.
7: Rachel Gilson discovered she was same-sex attracted when she was a child. When she was in high school, uh, she decided to pursue that as a lifestyle and did. And then when she went to college, unexpectedly, she encountered this person of Jesus and decided that her lifestyle um, would have to go if she was going to embrace life as a Christian. Now, if you're listening to this radio program and you think, these Christians are crazy they're like closeted people, and they just want to repress everybody. Niggots. All I can say is we're, we're trying to hear from one person and hear her story honestly. And so I'd hope that you'd open up your eyes and ears and hear her story as well. Um, the new book is called Born Again This Way, Coming Out, Coming to Faith, and What Comes Next. Okay, Rachel, so um, – you kind of left your story at the place in college where you had decided that the story, the person, the life, the death and resurrection of Jesus was of such impact to you that you were going to change your personal life and pursue that. Um, Now, since we've known you for a while, we know that you're also married and have a family. So can you talk about that?
9: Yeah. So the first couple years of uh, trying to walk with Jesus, you know, you're, I'm figuring out how often do we pray, how do we read our Bibles, how do we control our bodies. And um, to be honest, my first couple of years were really kind of an open dumpster fire in terms of being successful in obeying Jesus. I was still, I was having a hard time. I really wanted to follow him, but I did keep slipping back into sexual relationships um, with other women. And it was... Um, it was really challenging for me to figure out um, how do I how do I balance these things. But again and again, what it drew me back to was even if this is difficult, he is Jesus. He is worth it. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of what that did was it pr- it pressed me again and again into scripture and asking important questions of the Bible. And one of the important questions that I started with was why do you say this? Which actually led me to receive. I think, from the Lord, hey, maybe the most important question isn't, why am I saying this, but um, can you trust me, which I think he's answered. But another another thing that was important over the course of my discipleship was realizing, hey, um, God has a purpose for what he's done in marriage. And so I really had to start asking that question when um, the young man who eventually proposed to me started asking me out. And I was like, oh, gosh, um, I don't know if I can marry Andrew Gilson. Like, I, I sure like him as a brother, but this feels, um, different. Just feels different than the relationship. Yeah. yeah, it just feels different. Like, on the one hand, my affection for him is, is strong and real and, and face-based, but, you know, the, the romantic piece, the sexual piece, kind of seems like a tiny little flame, you know, that you might have to protect from the wind with your cupped hands, whereas what I'd experienced with some of my girlfriends was, you know, fireworks and butterflies in the stomach, and all these sorts of things. I really had to had to ask, what is marriage about? Like, um, can I pursue it with uh, with this level that I feel, even though it's even though it's lower, it's a different type of affection. And I saw that, you know, marriage is about um, a deep commitment and partnership in the gospel to display the gospel. Um, to, to build a household because God's relationship with His people builds a household, to be faithful because God's relationship with His people is faithful, um, to be the place of sexual expression because God's relationship with His people is uh, pleasurable and intimate. I was like, you know, I, I do think that God's Spirit can um, meet me here to say yes to marriage. I really felt like He was leading me to it. And so, um, you know, so I've spent the last 12 and a half years Married to Andrew, and um, it has been such a beautiful blessing in my life. You know, I I, I still experience attraction to women, but there's also ways that um, marriage has has really helped me and met me in other sort of false ways I was relating to sexuality. Mm-hmm. And so, I think sometimes when we talk about healing, there can be a vision that the only way God heals. Um, in the life of someone who identifies as gay is to make them straight. And, you know, I have met people who report that God changed their attractional patterns. But um, I also think there are ways that God meets us where he might leave us with these same attractions, but um, the lives he allows us to live still can reflect his glory and his beauty and his purpose.
6: Rachel Gilson's with us. Her brand-new book is called Born Again This Way coming out, coming to faith and what comes next. Rachel we're going to leave you in just a few minutes. But before you go, can you talk about for believers, especially, you know, within this cultural th- morass we live in now, from whether it's, you know, Christian believers who are not gay as opposed to people who would identify as gay Christians or just, you know, the whole gay culture, you know, as a whole, how do we as believers engage honestly with love, but at the same time, you know, there's so many people who are so upset or who feel angry or, you know, just, just can't wrap their head around the whole gay culture. What is, you know, what is that, what is the key for people to at least take those first steps to understanding and Mm -hmm. finding some middle ground of peace so that, you know, there is some bridge of Christ at first in our own hearts and then within the communities?
9: Yeah, I think it's a really important question. And I want to say as a an aside at the beginning that what's difficult, too, is some people who call themselves gay Christian mean um, I'm a person who experiences same-sex attraction and I want to get married to someone of my same sex. Yes. And some people who use the phrase gay Christian actually mean it really similarly to the way I'm living my life. So the mm-hmm. difficulty with the phrase is you kind of don't know what somebody means. By it, unless you know they tell you more information. Right. But to answer your question more directly, I want to remind us that when, when Jesus was on earth during his earthly ministry, there were two types of people that he strongly rebuked Satan and very religious, conservative, self righteous people. Yes. When it came to known sinners, he was extremely tender gentle and drew near to them. And if we are people who take the mission seriously, if we take the love of the gospel seriously, I think that we should have a similar pattern in our life. And we know that sinners love to be with Jesus even though he would never be someone who would approve of sin, but still they wanted to spend time with him, still they drew near to him. And I I do think it's important for us to ask ourselves Um, Is that how people feel about
7: us? Rachel Gilson, the new book, Born Again This Way, coming out, coming to faith, and what comes next. Rachel, we love you. Thanks for being with us again. Thanks
6: for having me on. Information about Rachel, on our Facebook page. We'll talk about that as well. But really, you can hear how well-spoken she is about this, how passionate, how honest, and how she wants to live a life that is true to Christ. 101.5
4: WORD.
12: I'm Donna Cruz. Join Keith Stevens and me this weekend for Keep the Faith.
4: If discontentment with life is one of your struggles,
1: you'll hear songs and stories to help encourage you to live your best life now. If you create a little bit of space in your life to be human again, God meets us there. Like, I I am enjoying my life.
12: I hope you can join us for Keep the Faith. Tomorrow night at 10 on 101.5 Word FM. W-O-R-D. We have a major problem here in Pennsylvania, very much like other addictions plaguing our communities. The threat is unregulated gambling on illegal slot machines, camouflaged as skill games. They're popping up everywhere, at gas pumps, pizza parlors, and your local convenience store. State police describe these places as breeding grounds for loan sharking and money laundering. If you object to your community becoming a mini Las Vegas, make your voice heard. Call one 888 472 4418. Report those places that are enticing our kids into gambling disguised as entertainment. It's an activity that siphons money away from the Pennsylvania Lottery, whose proceeds go to supporting seniors in our state. Please phone now. This is serious. That number again is 1 888 472 4418.
1: Paid for by Pennsylvanians Against Illegal Gambling. Executive Board Member Peter Shelley.
4: Do you remember what was kept in a spring house? If you're an old-timer, you know that a spring house was used for storing fresh cold milk. In 84 Pennsylvania, we have another kind of spring house. Our spring house is an old-fashioned country store filled with all kinds of old-time gifts, great country foods, and you guessed it, fresh cold milk. You see, the Spring House in 84 is also a dairy farm where we milk our own cows, pasteurize and homogenize the milk, and sell it all through the store. We've had people tell us it has to be some special kind of gourmet milk. We don't add anything to the cow's diet or to the milk. It's just nature's purest, most perfect food, and we love the way our customers love it. We also make a chocolate milk you would think is a chocolate shake, an old-fashioned buttermilk that people drive miles to get, and a 40% heavy cream that's wonderful for luscious desserts. Our 2% and our skim are the greatest sellers. Come and try some Springhouse milk at the Springhouse in 84.
1: If you're a licensed counselor in Pennsylvania, Grace Wellness Center doesn't want to hire you. They want to partner with you. At Grace Wellness Center, you'll find the personal support and professional development you need to build your ideal clientele. Grace Wellness Center invests in you so you can invest in your clients. Get the support, training, and personal coaching you need to pursue your passion and build the kingdom with offices throughout Greater Pittsburgh. Join the team at thegracewellnesscenter.com.
6: See, they're off the charts as uh, as far as their um, their profits for this year, um, for the year of 2019, uh, billions of dollars um, for a profit margin for UPMC. Let me see. This is uh, from today's Post Gazette. <laughs>
7: Are you still having a hard time finding this article?
6: What Listen, the heck? Wait a second. It was on the front page of both the Trib and. And the Post-Gazette. And the Post-Gazette. And, you know, you're talking to me during the break. (laughs) uh,
7: Clearly I'm going to stop talking (laughs) to you
6: during the break. uh, (laughs) All
7: right. I have another story that I'd like to go to instead since the UPMC one is clearly right beyond our capability. (laughs) (laughs) There's this uh, story from the New York Times on how millennials like Mike have very fully and happily embraced – gender equality.
8: Who, Mike? So has. people Whoa, like New Mike... no, no.
7: Yeah. People like... I haven't. What's wrong with people gender equality? Like, people like New Mike have become more open-minded about gender roles. Yeah. It shows up in their attitudes about pronouns, politics, and sports. Mm-hmm. But in one area, Mike, change has been minimal. They're holding on to traditional views about who does what at home.
6: Oh, when the rubber hits the road. Yeah.
7: Now, for those of you who have not joined us before, uh, Mike is our producer, and we... Have him as the resident millennial. Mm-hmm. Now you're barely a millennial, right? Yes. And you're, you're almost you like, mean? well, he he's right on the edge a of G-X. not being a millennial. He yeah. millennial. He could almost be Gen X. Also, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm thinking my co. Okay, off. well said. Watch, Watch out, John's like changing his we got wardrobe. A lot of viewers as we talk. now. Okay, we so <laughs> they're <laughs> upset. They're like, what is he doing for <laughs> heaven's sake? Anyway, so people are, and I don't think it's just millennials. I think people are more open to women doing different things. So, women being the major breadwinner in the home, um, or even women being, you know, women traveling for work or, you know, doing different things like that that wasn't the case 20 years ago. A new survey from Gallup, however, found that among opposite sex couples, those 18 to age 34. They were no more likely than older couples to divide household chores
6: equally. So the bottom what? line
7: is that when it comes to cleaning your house, the woman still does the work.
6: Oh, that's fascinating, isn't, isn't it? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So,
7: so, you know, men and women are both really open-minded about a lot of things that were very different 20 years ago except for cleaning your house. Huh. So my Ooh. question for both of you,
8: who cleans your house? Mike, could you speak to us as your as the uh, resident millennial? Of course, yeah. I actually, we my, my wife and I have our own roles we, that we play. a team effort. Like she, I don't make her do everything, but I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with vacuuming. It's like a psychological thing for me that I have to do. We well, got to clean floor. You got to clean, floor, the got a clean yeah. house. I mean, absolutely. It's a big so, start. I love to vacuum. She hates vacuuming. So it's a good it's a good team. Okay, okay, good. Wait, now, so
6: you vacuum and she does everything else?
8: It's not everything else. What about the laundry? Yeah, we we kind of tag team that as well okay,
7: yeah. okay what about yeah. like cleaning the the bathroom
8: um that's all her okay kitchen yeah um, we tag team that as well all right yeah okay John I clean that's my job I know this about you I
6: clean I, I clean everything um that's just how it is I, I was raised by a mother who you know and all my five sisters will attest to this she was you know the, she, Made, made the girls wake up every Saturday morning at, at, at 8 o'clock, and they would be on their hands and knees scrubbing the baseboards, you know, and then from, from the top up. Me, somehow, she gave me a pass, which, of course, drove my sisters crazy, and I could understand why it would. Mm-hmm. However, I did pick that up. As fastidious as my mother is, and, of course, now by all my sisters as well, I, I just it's just part of me. Right. So my wife would prefer not to. We found this out early on. But I, like, I dislike a messy house. Oh right! It, it makes me sure. feel in more in control. Sure. Oh, Some of, me one too. of the few things I can control yes, exactly. is the cleanliness around me. Right. My mother used to say, we may be poor, but we're not dirty. <laughs> Which I think was, was good, right?
7: That's perfect. We yeah. may be poor, but we're not
6: dirty. Right. Hey, we'll have that UPMC story for you.
7: <laughs> Maybe.
6: <laughs> you, we're actually not sure. Okay. Either this year or next year. I mean, you know, same profit story in a little bit. Stick around. It got hot in here though, didn't it? Here's some great news. If you missed the
0: deadline to sign up for health insurance, or if you sign up for a plan that you're just not happy with, you still have a choice. It's called MetaShare. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. And it's worked beautifully for 25 years. They have more than 400,000 members now around the country. MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry. And over the years, members have shared over $3 billion of each other's medical bills. So they could help share your needs too. And best of all, you could save a lot of money with MediShare. The typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. Your savings could be more or less, but think about what you could do with that extra money every month. You're not stuck with a high-cost health plan. You can join MediShare anytime, so call them today and check it out. Here's the number to find out more, and there's no pressure. They are super easy to talk to. Call 844-45-BIBLE.
6: That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. I was talking to my son, who's a student at Grove City College, about the current semester and his workload and his homework and all that. And he said, Dad, I'm I'm just trying to stay focused. And so our conversation turned into, what do you do to stay focused Mm. in college? How does that work for you? And, And for him, the biggest thing is a daily routine to wake up, the prayers, the breakfast, the school, all that thing. One of the things that I think is powerful about Grove City is the requirement that you show up at chapel. It's a regular, twice-a-week thing that you have to do, that you've got to sign in. And you know what it is to have a child in college, right? Uh, the spiritual life often waxes and wanes. The hope is, through the focus that Grove City provides, all of those weekly chapel, that accountability, that the focus stays strong on God first and foremost, and all things go from there.
7: My daughter's a varsity swimmer at Grove City. In fact, just this past weekend, they won packs, which was the first time in, I don't know, seven or eight years that both the boys and girls won packs. It was a terrific, terrific weekend. We all We just had a wonderful time. But the thing I think I noticed most in talking to my daughter is that structure of having to be at practice twice a day, having to be lifting every day, having to be with the team, as much of a commitment as it is, It gives the structure you're talking about that allows them to also excel in school. It seems like there isn't enough time in the day, but I think it's the structure that makes it work. Right.
6: It's not easy being a college student, but Grove City gives your child the best shot. Look online, gcc.edu. When
1: the brake whistle blows, why waste time on a sandwich run when your crew could have a home-style meat and potatoes meal hot and waiting on site? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides down-to-earth food for hungry crews of 10 or more. Try their bestseller, Roast Beef and Stuffed Chicken Breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just ten ninety-five a person. Visit Catering.com slash word. And get back to work. The Cooked Goose Catering Company. Just good food.
6: Seriously, third time is a charm. It really is. Okay, this you this uh, it. I do. I, I have it right here. This is from today's PG, uh, Natasha Lindstrom. Uh, nearly one in three Western Pennsylvanians now have health insurance plans with UPMC, making the nonprofit, the behemoth, not only the state's largest private employer and hospital system, but also the region's largest insurer. This is this is the big news here, though. The nonprofit health system took in 26 uh, $20.6 billion in revenue in 2019. Wait, say that again? The How much? Nonprofit health system took in $20.6 billion in revenue that, okay. in 2019. All right. $1.8 billion more than the previous year. Revenue has climbed $5 billion since 2017 for a 30% increase. UPMC's insurance arm claims a 32% share of the 29-county-region market... Uh, rival profits, uh, r- rival healthcare care like a Highmark have a 20% uh, coverage of the area. Other insurers, smaller insurers, make up 31%. The remaining 17% are uninsured people. Now, Highmark said they are skeptical of UPMC's figures. Mm-hmm. They have not released their figures for the year. Uh, this is from Aaron Billinger. He says, we believe that any market share numbers are highly speculative at this point in the year because the information is internally generated. That's a Highmark spoke. Person Aaron Billinger. Regardless,
7: okay, I'm not even going to address the market share part.
6: Twenty point six billion.
7: Please tell me how that's a nonprofit.
6: <clears throat> Twenty point six. Please billion. tell me how
7: that's a nonprofit.
6: Billion with a B.
7: And let me say again that the city of Pittsburgh and all the taxpayers in Allegheny County built that.
6: Oh, without a doubt. Let me just
7: remind everybody that the city of Pittsburgh and all of us built that. So the fact that Half of Pittsburgh does not have access to that hospital that we all built is a travesty. Right.
6: Having said that, we are very happy the UPMC is here as the largest employee. Many people make good livings at UPMC, but there is a weird disconnect. I don't between want UPMC to go away.
7: I want UPMC to be open to all of the people of Pittsburgh.
6: Because it's that's ours. what I want. Right. As a nonprofit.
7: Yes. And I and I need someone to explain to me. Like how what a nonprofit
6: actually is, right. I mean, used to work in advertising. When you see the money that UPMC or Highmark spends on ads, print, television, internet, I mean, I wonder what that budget is. I worked at a
7: nonprofit is. for a long time, but We'd, not like that. Not like that.
6: We'll take a break for the five uh, o'clock hour. We're going to come back. Paul McNulty from Grove City College. He's the president of Grove City. Yep, we're going to talk to him about the
7: Constitution. Yeah, Yeah. because he's in the classroom. Also, we're streaming on Facebook right now.
6: Oh, we are. Yeah, 101.5 Word FM on Facebook. Check us out. Make a comment. And um, at some point, maybe we'll say something to you. I've been saying things all along. I can't even get the
12: We
8: are everywhere
4: on your radio at 101.5 WORD FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com. The Word FM mobile app by heart. Tune in at radio.com.
5: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The coronavirus outbreak is now including new countries hit by the illness. The tally has edged towards 60 as Mexico, Belarus, Lithuania, New Zealand, Nigeria, Azerbaijan, Iceland and the Netherlands are reporting their first cases. The U.S. Taliban peace deal expected to be signed Saturday in Qatar is meant to set the stage for a U.S. troop withdrawal and to usher in talks among Afghans on both sides of the conflict about their country's future. Stocks mostly lower after another wild day, extending the route that has left Wall Street with its worst week since October 2008. The market did claw back much of its intraday losses in just the last 15 minutes of trading, but Dow did fall 357 points. The Nasdaq gained nearly a point today. This is SRN News.
2: Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. Good morning,
0: America. Or is it? If you're one of the millions of Americans who did not sleep well last night, it's probably a pretty average morning. But listen up, you sleep-deprived people. There's good news. A breakthrough sleep solution called... Pronto Sleep. And when we say pronto, we mean pronto. Pronto Sleep gently opens your nose to focus breathing and help you relax and fall asleep. And the built in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils to help you stay asleep naturally. And then pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Too easy, eh? And in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep and 74% found it helped them stay asleep. So make every morning a Good Morning America with Pronto Sleep available now at select Walgreens, Amazon or at ProntoSleep.com. Pronto Sleep from RhinoMed,
3: bringing you advanced nasal therapies. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for, the needle in the haystack.
5: See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free.
11: Partly to mostly cloudy with some flurries for tonight, low 18. Snow shower to start Saturday, otherwise cloudy, breezy, and cold, high 32. Saturday night, partial clouds, low 20. Sunday, cloudy and milder with a high 50. Monday, cloudy with occasional rain and drizzle, followed by a shower in spots in the afternoon, high 51. Tuesday, high 55. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Rob.
0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall
6: and Kathy Emmons. In 1955, in a small town in Mississippi, a 14-year-old boy was accused of wolf whistling to a white woman, and that boy, Emmett Till, was dragged from the street and taken to a location where he was lynched by several white men. The white men stood trial, they were acquitted, but then years later, decades later, these men confessed to that crime, and in 2017, the woman who was the first accuser, a woman by the name of Carolyn Doman, acknowledged that uh, Emmett Till did not make sexual advances or wolf whistle towards her. So Uh, she'd made that up? She did make that up, which was then sort of picked up by the community, and that 14-year-old boy was dragged down the street and then hung by a tree. Now, um... Uh, Since uh, people, uh, African-Americans, were freed uh, in the 1870s from 1882 to 1968, it's been reported that more than 4,742 mostly African-Americans were reported lynched in the United States in all but four of the states within the Union. Uh, We had a guest with us uh, maybe about a year or so ago who has a lynching museum in Turtle Creek. And if you want to look at photos of lynching, I suggest you do this and Google lynching photos because if you've never seen them, they will shock you in their brutality and the casualness in which black Americans were murdered.
7: And this is our history.
6: This is us. So, we have to own lo- so
7: looking at it is important and owning it is essential.
6: So on Wednesday, the House overwhelmingly passed legislation That would make lynching a federal hate crime more than 100 years since the measure was first introduced in Congress. Now, uh, even as we went to air, I was still looking to see if the measure had been passed. Uh, It was overwhelmingly voted um, uh, 410 to 4 after sometimes emotional debate in the House on Wednesday. But uh, we'll see if this uh, bill goes into Mm -hmm. full law. The question is... Who are the four people who said no to the anti-lynching I, bill? I can't. What were the politics or the mindset involved in someone who would vote that? No. I don't get that.
7: And then the second question is, how could it possibly have taken the song?
6: A hundred plus years. How since could it, it, it possibly
7: came? have taken the
6: song? Well, it's just racism, pure and simple. Yeah. Which we are complicit. Right. I mean, there's just no way to that's there's the only way around mm-hmm. it. That's just it. So it's, it's another step forward. Some small way, as late as it is, of saying we're sorry. We're sorry. This should never have happened. To think about four thousand plus people; those are the only documented cases. Right. I mean, Uh, how many other ones were there? You know, probably thousands and thousands of more people were lynched in this country that were never even brought up into the record books.
7: When our guest was in studio with us, as John said about a year ago, I mean, the photographs he brought us were some some of the, a couple were photographs that were widely published but some of them were not they were ones that he had acquired and uh, were on display in his own museum I, it, it's the casualness this that word that you use john that was so shocking to me is that it was like going to watch a football game or picnic i mean it's just oh gosh i saying i'm sorry is the only thing that I think we can do uh, at this point. But, you know, if, if you have friends who, if you're white, and if you have friends who are black, it is fully appropriate, and I would say even essential, when you're talking about this, the first thing out of your mouth should just be, I am so sorry. I was talking to our friend Nikki Porter on Facebook last night, and I just said, she posted something about it, and I just said, I'm so sorry. What can you say? That it took this long. Right. And you know, I'm so sorry it took this long.
6: So that is good news. Um, We'll see if uh, it does get voted into law, right? Hey, it's uh, nine minutes past the 5 o'clock hour.
7: What? So that means your weekend has begun. Oh, thank
6: goodness. It's been a long week, has it not? Yeah, can you clap? I can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, see, wait, now we're streaming right now Uh uh, on Facebook 101.5 Word FM on Facebook. And the ride home, John and Kathy. So if you also. scroll down a little bit, you'll find us. Now the problem is, you know, we used to play music. Mm-hmm. We play clips and things like that. I mean, used to
7: like five days ago. Right,
6: but because of some contractual licensing thing, apparently, we're not going to play any music anytime soon.
7: Well, or we're not going to play it today until we figure out exactly what's going on. I don't know. It doesn't going sound you like know we're why because gonna... we want to be rule following, right. law abiding people. So That's the weekend what we has do. begun. Yeah. Right? Woo! It's so all the fun music that you know Mike usually plays, yeah. and like it's you know Earthwind and Fire or Cool in the Gang it's or so some. Got nothing.
6: I have spent the last decade yes sitting across from you yes pretty much like this yes. Now all of a sudden I go wait a second I shouldn't be doing that I shouldn't be looking at you because when I look at myself in the camera what I see is a profile. It's hard. So if I turn this way right. I go oh, oh look well there's, there's the everybody. audience Hi. I should be speaking to the audience no. and and by oh and by the way there's Cat
7: right. And is the Duffy cam set up, Mike? It is. Okay. Let's
6: check it out, please. Yeah, let's. uh,
7: There you are. Okay. Mike. Yeah, so we see about five sixths of your face. Mm -hmm. That's good. So, okay, there. Here's the rest. You
6: need a phone book.
7: Mike, you're significantly (laughs) improved since yesterday.
8: Yes.
6: I'm
7: happy. I really have. Mike was the sickest yesterday I've ever seen him. It
8: was horrible. It was bad.
7: It was absolutely atrocious. And you're still not very good. But at least you're better, oh. and I want you. I want you to. I want to say publicly, mm-hmm. thank you for coming to work.
8: Oh, it's my pleasure. Mm-hmm. What's what's you got here? Well, Ride right Up with wagon. John and
6: Kathy is brought to you by Clorox <laughs> disinfecting wipes. Uh huh. Yeah. For the coronavirus in mm-hmm. all of us.
8: Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
6: just want to say, okay? That's awesome. Hey, the phones are ringing. Are we giving something away all of a sudden? No, they're, just, they're
8: just so excited that, we're, uh, that they're
7: watching us live on Facebook. They want to call and say something. All right, we need to step away. But when we come back, we're excited to talk to Paul McNulty, who's the president of Grove City College. This is what he's doing. He's not staying in, like, his presidential suite there. He decided it's time for me, as a lawyer who was in private practice for all those decades, I'm going to get back into the classroom, and I'm going to teach the Constitution. So ask him all our Constitution questions next.
6: Very nice. Well, every Friday, uh, we go to Springhouse and we check in with Marsha. We don't
7: go to the Springhouse. Well,
6: we should if we were smarter, like to to we, we would go to the Springhouse spring house <laughs> because I mean, there's always some fabulous food at the Springhouse. Marsha, how are you doing today?
7: Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Well, thank you, Marcia. What's on the uh what's in the hopper for this weekend?
9: We have all kinds of good stuff, but I can't even tell you because I am out gallivanting around with my best friend from college. We're in Hopeville, Pennsylvania. (laughs) So I'm, I'm missing fish Friday. but That's what I was thinking maybe people would like to know is that we have amazing fish for people to have on Fridays during Lent if they're into fish on Fridays. We do a fried cod and a baked cod, but... If you're not into fish, then I know I planned a good menu for this weekend,
4: but I forget what it is.
6: Fabulous. No, wait, no, Marsha. <laughs> you're saying that today, this Friday, you are taking an actual day off. I am. I ran away. Oh, God <laughs> good bless for you, you, woman. God bless you. I mean, heck's sake. If anyone's a slave to the kitchen, it's Marsha from the Spring House. Okay, so fish today all day long. Of course, this is the first Friday of Lent for all the fish lovers yep. out there who are not eating meat today. Fabulous. And the weekend looks yep. good as well. I mean, the weather's so great, Marsha, and people are not having I to know. deal with the snow anymore. So it's got to be you know good for everybody to head on down to the Spring House.
4: Yep. Check it out online. You see the menu there for the weekend. And... Um, we'll add all kinds of other goodies to it, too. That's terrific. Looking forward to
7: seeing everybody. Okay. Thanks. Great to hear from you, Marsha. I'm next
3: WORD. Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music.
8: New-, new music.
3: New music from Lincoln Brewster, Who Am I?
8: Who am
3: I? See a victory by Elevation Worship. I'm going to see a victory ryan stevenson with amadeo still my, god. You're still my god the best new music and pittsburgh's favorites sponsored by trinity jewelers 101.5
1: word on the weekend Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. So why not consider a private Christian school that's been serving the community for nearly 40 years? At Central Christian Academy in Houston, pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to propel them to the top of the class in high school and beyond. Central Christian Academy creates model student leaders other kids look up to. Students prepared for a world that needs Jesus. Schedule a private tour and learn more at CCASchool.com. Hear that sound? it's priceless because in every heartbeat there's information
6: that could change the way we think about heart health heartline is an app-based research study from johnson and johnson in collaboration with apple where you can share your heart information and earn rewards for completing study activities building knowledge that could advance heart health for everyone beat by beat by beat if you're 65 or older and have an iphone you could be eligible to take part go to heartline.com visit to learn more The Heartline Study. Know your heart.
1: Choosing your child's school is a big decision. You want more than a great education. You need an education partner with high academic standards who respects your values, offers a safe place to learn, and where your child is known individually. For 35 years, Eden Christian Academy has provided ACSI accredited college preparatory academics and a strong spiritual foundation of character and faith for students in preschool through 12th grade. Schedule a personal tour during Admissions Week, March 9th through 13th. Learn more at EdenChristianAcademy.org.
6: It's a lot of work running a college. I'm not speaking from my own experience. I can just imagine the amount of paperwork, meetings, all the people. Appearances,
7: all the hands you have to shake, all the fears you have to assuage. Right, you go spinning
6: back and forth. Uh, Paul McNulty is with us from Grove City College. And, And as busy as Paul is, he's also found time into his first love, which is to go into the classroom. Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you, John. Thank you, Kathy. It's good to be with you.
7: So, Paul, you're not hurting for things to do. Why are you back in the classroom? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, when you
6: are just
13: talking there, I just felt like taking a nap all of a sudden. You because you I you really, did. Uh, that's a lot. It did uh, kind of hit around the head. It's a uh, three-ring circus at a college atmosphere. But uh, this is a joy to be able to teach. I've got about 150 students in this class, and uh, I'm looking forward to it every week when it um, class time comes.
6: Nice. So, Paul, you're teaching specifically on the U.S. Constitution, yes? That's right. That's right. Um,
13: it struck me that right now we are seeing these constitutional moments before our eyes. It, it's every week. Um, politicians are talking about what the framers intended. And we just went through that with the impeachment. And we had a big debate about um, the war powers and the confrontation with Iran. And uh, you name it, there's just a new twist. And it struck me that um, it's really important for citizens to understand what the Constitution actually says so that they can intelligently read the times as we are called to do in Scripture. And so this is a one small way of helping at least some group of students be um, smarter about what um, is in that amazing document.
6: Right. Now, Paul, before we go into the the, uh, the teaching of the Constitution, which we're looking forward to greatly, can you talk to us about the students and um, what your presumptions were about their knowledge of the Constitution and what you've discovered since?
13: Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I have a number of students who are intending to go to law school. We have an actual uh, six-hour uh, uh, six-credit um, constitutional law class here on campus, so first semester, second semester, and some of the students have been through that much more rigorous study. So that's a, a portion, but most of the students actually are less familiar, and we have students who are from all different types of majors, engineering, um, education, and so forth, and they've been curious, and the class is taught at night, so it's more accommodating for different schedules. And, and so I see the mix of... Uh, background knowledge, if you will, about about the Constitution, and, and that's a fun part of it.
7: Mm-hmm. Tell me a big surprise in in the class so far, something that either the students did not know or did know, or maybe a misconception they had.
13: Well, I think that um, probably a surprise might be or a misconception would be, how much do we really understand about the Constitution, and this amazing event that occurred in the summer of 1787? It was one of the most extraordinary provinces in world history, that these individuals came together for such a short period of time and created a document that was completely unheard of um, in, in in government history at that point. And to just open their eyes to that reality is a really fun thing. And I don't think um, students maybe appreciate that as much. I had one point where I asked, so let's Think about who signed the Declaration of Independence and then who signed the Constitution and how much overlap do you think there was between the two? Because the fact is they're really largely um, two sets of individuals, but we tend to lump them all together as the founders. And, you know, there are things like that that we're discovering as we get deeper into um, what really occurred.
6: So, Paul, let's start at um, 101 as far as our civics lessons are concerned. What came first? The Declaration of Independence or the Constitution?
13: Yeah, so the Declaration of Independence, you know, 1776, Constitution came 11 years later. And there was this period of time in 11 years where the country tried to govern itself really um, ineffectively under something called the Articles of Confederation. And so that alone is, you know, kind of a revelation to most folks that um, we uh, declared ourselves independent and essentially formed a nation, but then didn't have the structure of a nation um, until we really came out of Philadelphia in 1787, 11 years later with the structure we know today. Uh, And so that's, uh, you know, the lessons learned during that period of time was they just had a Congress with no president, no Supreme Court, and uh, the states all had all the power and there was really no effective national government.
7: So, I knew that there was a gap. I had no idea it was eleven years That's a long time
13: yeah, right, right and uh, And then Hamilton kind of pulled a fast one. He was able to convince the Congress that existed during the period of those eleven years that there need to be some adjustments. they were everybody was clear that it wasn 't working, and the national government didn 't have any authority to do the things necessary to get started and mm-hmm. to really um, move a, move a new nation forward. So he he got them to think they were just calling a convention to make adjustments to the articles, and one of the biggest things in U.S. history is that they pulled a big switcheroo at the um, at the Constitutional Convention. Rather than amending the articles, Madison showed up with a draft document, the Virginia Plan, that would then become what we think of today as our constitution really so the,
6: yeah uh, so, so yeah. paul sorry so we, we think about oh. the the constitutional convention that there was all this you know back and forth and and the, the you know suggestions and tweaking and fine-tuning but essentially you're saying it came pretty much intact from one place
13: well i don't want to uh, say that there wasn't a lot of back and forth and amendments though they worked really hard and there was a lot of debate over you know great details about what was in the document. But the general concept, there would be three branches of government, and that these branches would be separated and independent. That was the um, work of Madison as the the father of the Constitution to bring that in. Now, what the big weakness was, the Senate was going to be uh, representative based on population, just like the House, and it was the Connecticut plan, or the Great Compromise as it's called, which came up with the idea that we'd have two senators for each state, giving the smaller states equal voice, and we have a a representation based on population in the House. But other than the Great Compromise, a lot of it really was just refining what was in the Virginia plan in the first place. Mm
7: Paul McNulty is with us, ninth president of Grove City College. Now, in case you didn't know, prior to returning to Grove City, which is his alma mater, Paul spent over 30 years working in Washington, D.C. as an attorney in public service and private practice, and in 2005, the U.S. Senate unanimously confirmed him to the position of Deputy Attorney General of the United States. So, Paul, knowing that you had this long career in Washington where you saw You know the Constitution lived out. Um, When you're talking to college students who are in your class, are you? Is there a gap? Are you thinking, "Wow, if they only knew X, Y, and Z, maybe a lot of the dysfunction I saw in Washington wouldn't be happening."
13: Well, I I think I see that what people think about what's going on is different from what's in the Constitution and how we should maybe have a better idea of how our government should function. So right now, for example, Kathy, you've got the Congress um, sort of acting as a watchdog over the president. And the sort of general premise is, you know, you got to watch the president because uh, he may pull something. And it's, boy, it's it's the Congress's job to be kind of the senior branch to do that. Well, frankly, that's just not the way the Constitution is drafted. It's three independent branches. The Congress doesn't exist to oversee the president and the president isn't uh, a a branch that needs to be monitored. They have different powers. Their powers overlap a little bit, and they're supposed to be able to execute their powers. And so, you know, when you watch the news and listen to all the pundits, you don't really get a clear idea of how the Constitution actually operates. And that's what I'm trying to get the students to understand is is have the discernment when you hear – all of the politician pundits to judge for yourself whether or not that's consistent with the way that the framers actually created
6: our nation. I see. So, Paul, the Constitution itself, I mean, and rightly so, the Declaration of Independence is is vaunted as a, as a stroke of genius in many ways, but the Constitution itself, was that made from whole cloth, or was it based upon a system or a government elsewhere already in use or historically with threads somewhere else, or this, you know, through the back and forth and the committees and all that, did that just finally just become fine-tuned as it is? Yeah, I think it's
13: a little bit of both, not whole cloth, because there were state constitutions and they were useful, though most of the states had a system similar to the Articles of Confederation, where it was just a strong legislature and no independent executive. And Madison was watching that at the state level, and he was really concerned about the way that power was just concentrated in these elected representatives and what they were doing and how they were uh, in a sense kind of of, of drowning out the voice of, of the minority. And, and so the, the, there were a lot of new ideas, new thinking. One really important point, John and Kathy, that I try to stress is that the framers, particularly Madison and Hamilton and Wilson and a few others came to Philadelphia well-educated. Mm-hmm. They knew their political philosophy. It, um, uh, Madison and Hamilton were only in their 30s, and yet they were so well-versed in the human condition, political philosophy, and so forth that they could only create the document with these um, uh, this order that still exists in 233 years later. But they also wrote the Federalist Papers afterwards, these 85 essays that are amazing in their Um, explanation of human nature and why the government is the way it is. And if you read Federalist 51, out of all those Federalist papers, you're blown away by Madison's understanding of human nature and how the government had to operate.
7: I cannot get over that they were in their 30s.
13: Yes, I know. Oh, my gosh, it
7: makes me feel like I haven't done anything (laughs) with my life.
13: Right, right. And er, young thirties. I mean, thirty-two right. and thirty-six.
7: Because it's not just and, about yeah. what they knew; it's about the deeper things of the human condition and how authority works, and how government had negotiated power with people throughout all of prehistory. They it was wisdom mixed with knowledge.
13: Exactly, Kathy. It was real insight. Amazing. And they mm-hmm. spent in the in the Federalist Papers. They spent paragraphs just explaining subtleties of human behavior and what people are more likely to do if you do this and less likely to do if you do that and propensities of character and so forth. And so they had all of that they were working through. And you can't help but think that this was an outpouring of God's goodness Mm -hmm. to give them that kind of judgment and capability to create a system that has been so strong and enduring, and we still Now, debate everything going back to what some 30-year-olds, not all of them were in their 30s, um, actually developed over a period of five months.
6: So, Paul, early on when you joined us, you talked about the the overlay or perhaps lack thereof between the signers of the Declaration of Independence and those who crafted and ultimately put together the Constitution. Can you go a little deeper into that? What percentage of people, you know, who were the signers of the Declaration of Independence were also involved in the Constitution?
13: Well, if I recall just sitting here without my notes, I think we're talking about 38 signers of the Constitution, six of whom also signed the wow. Declaration of Independence. I'm sure one of your listeners is going to um, text you and, and correct me, but I think, <laughs> I think I have that right, 38, six were the, uh, uh, six were the, uh, the declaration. So it really was um, – and by the way, you know, when you look at those who signed the, the declaration, a lot of them suffered greatly vast majority of them suffered greatly for their courage there. It's not the same at the time the Constitution government was set up. Those individuals went on to other great um, positions of power and influence, presidents and so forth. Um, also, it's interesting, uh, and most people would fail this test, who wasn't at the Constitutional Convention? And uh, Jefferson wasn't there. Adams wasn't there. Hmm. So there are some people who we would assume were helping to create our Constitution. Adams, wasn't,
7: Adams wasn't there.
6: For various reasons, right? health or whatever.
13: Well, in that case, they're both ambassadors and they were um, overseas um, working for the government okay. and therefore not present at the uh, Constitutional Convention.
6: I see. So what about the two men? I mean, uh, if you consider Thomas Jefferson, the, you know, the crafter of the Declaration of Independence and James Madison with the Constitution, I mean, have you ever compared and contrast those two men and their lives and their worldview? Mm-hmm.
13: Yeah, well, they're very close friends. So they have their estates in Virginia and they, they're, they're um, um, uh, allies. Um, they collaborate together. Madison sort of becomes more of a uh, lie with Jefferson after the Constitution. Um, And, you know, Hamilton had this real tension with Jefferson, and and Madison identified more with uh, Jefferson's politics and uh, was in his own party there. They were called the Republicans at that time. Um, And so uh, very, very close uh, uh, collaborative work between Jefferson and Madison. Uh, and, And then Washington, of course, is really important in this story. Washington chairs the Constitutional Convention. He comes out of retirement after the Revolutionary War from Mount Vernon. He makes his way up to Philadelphia. He sits quietly during this entire process, and everyone knows that they're creating this branch called the executive so that he can step into it because he's so universally admired, and he's the only president in our history who got the unanimous vote of the Electoral College, which was created, of course, um, after they were finished. Uh, and so I think that's also really a really wonderful piece of the story of, of Washington stepping back into um, public service that way. Fascinating.
7: We're talking to Paul McNulty. He's the ninth president of Grove City College, but he's also the former deputy attorney general of the United States, and he's teaching a civics class. We have just a couple minutes left with Paul. When we come back, I want to ask him this. Is the socialism Bernie Sanders is talking about? Is that compatible?
12: If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com HR. Get full details on the example policies at slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states.
0: 2020 is the year your business is going to thrive. Or will it? Resolve to use digital marketing to your advantage. With the help from the pros at Salem Surround, we give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com surroundpittsburgh.com connecting you with new customers
13: Hi, I'm Alistair Begg and I'd like to personally invite you to join me August 30th to September 6th 2020 for a week of Christian fellowship and a newfound appreciation for God's creation Call 855-565-5519 to join us or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details.
1: Salem Media Group presents the Deeper Faith Alaska Cruise August 30th through September 6th, 2020. Get more details at wordfm.com Alaska. We
4: are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com.
1: Partly to
11: mostly cloudy with some flurries for tonight, low 18. Snow shower to start Saturday, otherwise cloudy, breezy, and cold, high 32. Saturday night, partial clouds, low 20. Sunday, cloudy and milder with a high 50. Monday, cloudy with occasional rain and drizzle, followed by a shower in spots in the afternoon, high 51. Tuesday, high 55. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Andy Robb.
6: Paul McNulty is with us, Paul's the President of Grove City College. Paul McNulty spent 30 years in Washington, D.C. as an attorney in public service and private practice. In 2005, the United States Senate unanimously confirmed Paul McNulty to the position of Deputy Attorney General, the second in command of the United States Department of Justice, and the chief operating officer of the department's 100,000 employees. Paul uh, recently is uh, been teaching a class about the U.S. Constitution at Grove City College, and he joins us here to uh, engage us in that conversation as well.
7: Paul, I confess to the listening audience this week that I had not watched one of the Democratic debates, um, and there have been about 60 of them, I think, Mm -hmm. up to this point. And uh, because I was trying to earn my civics badge for the Girl Scout troop, I watched this week, and it was painful because it's so (laughs) angst-filled and it's really – just so uncomfortable. And with them all with their hands raised, it looked like they were all asking for a hall pass. But um, I'm wondering from your perspective, as someone that knows the Constitution as well as you do, um, what are there things that people say, those candidates say, and not just on the Democratic side, but on the Republican side as well, that you just think are flat out wrong? Or like in particular, the Bernie Sanders part, is the socialism he's talking about, is it compatible with the U.S. Constitution? Yeah,
13: well, just picking up on that last point about the socialism and and um, the incompatibility. You know, going back to uh, something was asked earlier about the Declaration and the Constitution. If you think about the progression here in terms of the basic philosophy structure of our government, you start with the Declaration, and you know you have we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, and and we go on to say, um, you know, that we're endowed by these rights, of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and Governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. Mm-hmm. Now that's the key. And when you get to the Constitution, eleven years later, what they're doing is now defining what those just powers are from the consent of the governed. So that the government is republican in its form, meaning it, the power is is reserved to the people. They elect their representatives, and all power in the government is enumerated specifically, so it would be limited. And it would preserve um, this um, this freedom. And so, in the preamble of the Constitution, we the people, it says that we the people, uh, you know, in order to form a more perfect union, we and secure the blessings of liberty. And so, the, the whole structure of the government from the beginning was that in order to preserve freedom, uh, we needed to have limited government that is given specific powers, and otherwise. Um, we build a whole government on the notion of individual liberty and virtue, which uh, leads to self-government and the capacity to continue or perpetuate uh, freedom. So when you hear about large government solutions to things, which is basically what those debates are about, is my government program is bigger than your program, and I'm going to spend more than you're going to spend, and I'm going to expand government beyond the size that you can only imagine. It's totally contrary to the notion that We want to have a limited government in order to secure our individual freedom.
7: And that's the word from the chief. Yes. It's Paul McNulty. He's the ninth president of Grove City College. Paul, we love your segments with us. Thanks so much for joining us today.
13: It's always a pleasure to be with you. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful weekend.
6: It's our great pleasure. Full disclosure.
7: I meant to ask him, has he watched the Democratic debates? I should have put him on the hot seat.
6: You should have. Uh, Next uh, time. Full disclosure, both of our kids attend Grove City College, and they love it. And by association, so so
3: do we.
6: the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company. For roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com.
1: Does your church have a 2020 vision for missions? PRISM, the Pittsburgh Region International Student Ministries, presents the 2020 Vision Conference, Saturday, March 7th at the Lamont, a day to equip your church to reach the nations through local and world evangelism. Ravi Zacharias Ministries, Lou Phillips, and an esteemed panel of guests discuss the unique challenges of sharing the gospel in our changing
10: times. Buffet lunch included. Reserve now at pghcommission.org. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with. JD d Waterproofing at 1-800-Berry-Dry. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-Berry-Dry. That's 1-800-Berry-Dry to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. j d Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. If you're a licensed counselor in Pennsylvania, Grace Wellness Center doesn't want to hire you. They want to
1: partner with you. At Grace Wellness Center, you'll find the personal support and professional development you need to build your ideal clientele. Grace Wellness Center invests in you so you can invest in your clients. Get the support, training, and personal coaching you need to pursue your passion and build the kingdom with offices throughout greater Pittsburgh. Join the team at thegracewellnesscenter.com. It's been another week. That means it's time for John and Kathy's Week in Review.
7: It's a time to reflect.
6: To look back mm-hmm. since Just Monday. See where we've been. Yes
7: maybe in the last seven days let's, okay, let's go back days. to like last friday right. i don't think we have to just limit it to monday
6: we should have shut down for the weekend
7: are you already shut down oh, kind of okay.
6: you, you someone tried to bring the upmc store to air
7: yeah there was uh, certainly some problems in, uh, There, remembering where snopes. we were in today's show Was well, not my finest moment all right sick mike Could you hit us with number one, please?
6: What was everyone talking about this week? You know what they were talking about. Coronavirus. Of course. Right? We're going to shut it down. The stock market's in the tank.
7: Uh People
6: are running for their lives. Uh Uh, Is it a media invention or is this a pandemic about to happen? But that's what everybody's been talking about.
7: Uh, In our... In our kitchen – oh, yeah, please pull out the uh, – for, for those of you watching us on Facebook right now, we're there streaming you. live. Um, we're hoping our show will be sponsored by Clorox Disinfecting Wipes. Wipe away Corona with one of, Clorox. One of our salespeople working nice. hardly on that even as we speak. Uh, I would say that um, the sign in our kitchen was remarkable to me when I came in today. It said, keep calm and wash your hands.
6: Wash your hands.
7: I like the keep calm part. Don't you like to wash your hands? I thought, I love to wash my me hands. Too. You know what I dislike? Huh. Purell.
6: Oh, that's not like a, that I have nothing
7: false. against the company. No, I'm just saying that having that gross mm-hmm. stuff on my hands and I know that it like all of a sudden goes away, but that makes it grosser. Right.
6: Every time I wash my hands, this goes back to my childhood. Literally, without fail, this is just because I wash my hands. I remember my mother's younger sister, who was like nine years younger than my mother. She would take us kids because there was, you know, like 400 of us kids. I remember washing my hands in front of my aunt Patsy, who is still alive. God bless her. And she'd always say to me, wait. Does the dirt stop here? Get going. Wash up here, would you please? So I'm always washing up here in my wrist. well. Thanks to Ann Patsy. Thank you, Ann Patsy. Oh, I love No her. Coronas because of Ann Patsy. <laughs> Number two. What was a conversation that made you think? Oh, wait, wait. The first were one, that, you coronavirus as well?
7: No, yeah, I was coronavirus, oh, yeah. Because what else is anybody <laughs> talking about other than Mike being sick? Okay, I thought we jumped ahead. No, uh, okay. So a conversation that made me think is the one that we had yesterday in our five o'clock hour with Dr. Jonathan Swamidas. Uh-huh, Yeah, he is a scientist, um, well regarded in his field. He is he's the intersection of multiple fields of biology and chemistry and microbiology, um, but his statements yesterday about How he pursues his science and his faith together um, as one integrated life was so persuasive to me and so attractive and so rare. I mean, for all the fights we have about science and how you know people are pointing the finger and saying that you're a science denier or you know you don't you're not reasonable you don't believe in facts. But we toss all this stuff around and we all act like we are eminently rational <laughs> about all things. And the bottom line is that we're not rational all the time. We're not fully educated or fully knowledgeable all the time. And not everything about faith is explainable.
6: The mystery of faith. Right? It is a mystery. And so
7: to hear a scientist talk about
6: it, it yeah. was just. Can I quantify that? No, terrific. you can't. Because no, it's really a mystery, can't. right? Okay, very good. Uh, I was thinking back to a conversation we had on Monday with uh, John Kessler, who's a regular guest on our show. And we were talking about prayer. And does God necessarily need our prayers? Mm-hmm. Does God want our prayers? What, what and, exactly and can, goes on?
7: And can we make God change his mind?
6: Right. I mean, I love that. I've been thinking about that all weekend. I mean, all week long. As I've been praying, I've been thinking, make my prayer worthy of the interaction here that I'm about to go through with you. Uh, It's very complex, but I tend to be sort of childlike in my prayers, where I just present before God. I think that's the way to do um, it. I I don't, you know. But John sort of made me question that: Am I praying enough or properly? Really, he didn't
7: make me wonder if I was praying properly. He He made he made me wonder if my ideas about God were right or not, Hmm. which determines, of course, how you pray. Right? Who your heavenly Father is. Anyway, two very good conversations. I think so too. Number three.
1: What did you eat?
6: What did we eat? Okay. I got a kid who's uh, on the road right now to, uh, to a new life. Uh, he's 19 years old and uh, he did uh, two years at CCAC. He's going to go to uh, Penn State later on uh, in the fall at the main campus, which he's greatly excited about. So he's taken, like, you know, sort of a, a youthful road trip. Uh, anyway, uh, as a going away thing, I said, you know what, let's go out to dinner. Where do you want to go? You know where you wanted to go? Mad Max. So we went out to Mad Max, my wife and I, and uh, the boy at home, who's no longer at home, and I had medium rare steak tacos with everything on it. <gasps>
7: that's not so good right now. Hot peppers, it? Oh, uh, jalapenos,
6: man. guacamole, lettuce, tomatoes, sour cream. Uh, three beautiful tacos that I just oh, devoured. Oh, Killing me. Highly recommend Oh, my it. gosh. Yeah. Mm. That's fabulous. Mad Max, the steak tacos. All right,
7: well I, I was cooking at home this week. Oh, yeah. I pulled out an old recipe for chicken tetrazzini I hadn't made in a hey. long time. Listen to me. I did a terrific job.
6: Did you though? What's a chicken tetrazzini? Really t- t- I've heard it's of this so, but I've never so, had it.
7: It was so good. Well it's kind of like it's it's chicken if you if you can imagine a combination of chicken Cooked chicken with pasta and peas in a white bechamel sauce with sherry. Bechamel. And Parmesan cheese on top, the panko old... crumbs. I mean, it's a casserole. It's like peasant food. I mean, it's nothing it? fancy. But, man, it's so good. Yeah. You anyway, say
6: pasta bechamel? Yeah, pasta bechamel. What is the bechamel?
7: You know, it's like a flour. It's like a sauce you make in a skillet oh, with I butter sure, sure, and sure, sure. flour uh-huh. and water. and Bechamel. Bechamel. Anyway, I liked it. Number four.
1: What did you listen to?
6: Well sadly having... Nothing. We Zippo. <laughs> Nothing. They have at <laughs> Word FM, it's the day the music died. <laughs> Bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Don't sing that. Don't be singing anything, my we friend. We
7: are a little
6: having uh-uh. a problem
7: with some of our music licensing. What's up with ASCAP? BMI? <laughs> We're not sure. We're going to work that out. But Nothing. in the interim, we cannot play music. We cannot. Nothing. But instead... Don't play it. I like to ask you, John. <laughs> yeah.
6: What are you watching? What am I watching? I watched a film this week uh, called This is Martin Bonner. Just kind of stumbled upon this. You know, don't you... Don't, I spend more time looking for something to watch than I actually watch. I know. Do you do this? Uh, yes. Anyway, I, I saw this film. I thought this looks interesting. So it's a story. It's a small independent film. And it's a story of a, a man who used to work in the church. That's all they say. I mean, he was somehow involved in Christian ministry. But he got divorced lost that position, and moved to, of all places, Reno, Nevada, where he's working for a ministry that helps men as they come out of prison. A man who's in prison for manslaughter, drunk driving, uh, in prison for 12 years, comes out. They form this friendship, and two broken guys, middle-aged Trying to look at their past lives and see what went on, how did I make this mistake? Where is God in the midst of this? Martin Bonner is the is the man from the the church. He's kind of lost his way theologically. Mm-hmm. The man who comes out of prison sees this, but in many ways, he finds a life in Christ not because of the assuredness of someone's new life in Christ, but the wondering. Yes. Interesting film. This is Martin Bonner. It's not for everybody. It's a small film. It's kind of slow and it's deeply inquisitive. Okay,
7: I like I like a deeply inquisitive film. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's my choice. Well, what I'm going to say is the very much the opposite. Uh, looking for something to watch with my daughter, yeah. and you know we like mystery shows, and we've watched every single British mystery show that I think there could ever possibly be. Um, anyway, so I turned on The Mentalist because it's it was a big CBS show on maybe. Eight or nine years ago, I don't know. But all, all the episodes are now streaming on Amazon. I turned it on. Now, it's a procedural drama. gets kind of dull. It's like one of those classic CBS shows where like the, something happens at the beginning and it's all wrapped up by the end. Um, is
6: it a half hour or an hour? It's an hour.
7: Okay. But I got to tell you, Simon Baker is so outstanding in that role i mean, he's really captivating to me hmm. I, re- I very much appreciate it so i would like i don't love the series but man i love him in that role it is really good so i'm deep in it
6: the mentalist the
7: mentalist yeah i'm streaming deep in it. right now uh it's streaming right now on amazon okay all right. yeah so Thank it's not it's not gonna ch- it's not gonna be the best mystery you ever saw yeah um but i think you'll really appreciate him
6: excellent okay yeah. very good all right
7: all right next What hacked you off? Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe that the Emmett Till anti-lynching bill just passed this week. Mm -hmm. It took us a hundred and what years to figure out that we wanted to say on a federal basis unequivocally that lynching is wrong. Right. I mean, I cannot – I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm happy that it passed. But I I just – it's – unbelievably shocking that it would take this
6: long. Way too little, way too late. Okay, um, uh, I'm sketchy on the details because I saw a video on Twitter which was posted by Matt Walsh. Yeah. Okay, of a little girl. She couldn't be more than five years old. Sitting in a chair, a little girl, like in like a little kindergarten chair, surrounded by, I don't know, family, friends, adults, and she is being... Sexualized by a drag queen. What? Yeah, and all the adults are like, "Oh yeah, oh aren't we?" Hey, and this little girl's like, Like, what is going on? I, I uh, the video is probably a couple minutes long. Seriously, that's I, I tried to find more information what about it. Are you talking it. about? That's that's what I've seen. You follow Matt Walsh on Twitter, you'll see this incredibly heartbreaking video. <laughs> But that's where we are in the culture. All right. Last one, Mike. What was the best news you heard this week?
7: my gosh. Listen, it had been 100 days since Bobby Ryan played an NHL game for the Ottawa Senators. He took a leave of absence, an indefinite one, because he admitted that he was addicted to alcohol. So Thursday night, that's last night, was his first game at home. He came out and he scored a hat trick. Yeah. I mean, I cannot. It's the most beautiful thing. I cried when I saw it. When he scored his first goal, the whole crowd went crazy. They were chanting his name. They showed a video, welcome back, Bobby. I mean, it was the most glorious moment of a community coming around a person who was honest about screwing up. When he got a hat trick at the end, I thought, you can't make this up. You it was make so. Up. It was awesome.
6: That's why people love sports. Okay, so I don't know you're talking about that, but again, another NHL story, the Zamboni driver. Right. I mean, who didn't love the story of the Zamboni driver? this, You know, two of the goalies from, is it the Maple Leafs? Uh, I'm not sure what yeah, the they Yeah, they both was. went down. They both went down with injuries.
7: No, it was it, the Hurricanes.
6: The Hurricanes. Okay, but they so, were
7: playing in Toronto.
6: So they, the Zamboni driver had some experience behind the goal, uh, had played, you know, briefly. A hundred years ago. Yep. And he's 42 years old.
7: And he suits up. He's from Toronto. He's running the Zamboni for Toronto. I and mean, he suits up for the Carolina Hurricanes and wins a game. He won the game. Oh He my got
6: God. $500 and his game jersey. Go NHL. That's fabulous. Okay. You might wonder why Australians always
1: seem so relaxed. Well, it comes down to sleep, and we can sleep like a koala full of gum leaves. So we've invented a solution to your sleep problems. It's called Pronto Sleep. Pronto Sleep is a two-in-one solution that helps you fall asleep and stay asleep. Pronto gently opens your nose to focus breathing so you can relax and fall into the land of nod. And the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils all night long for a beaut sleep naturally. Then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Clever, eh? And does it work? Well, in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep. 74% found it helped them stay asleep. You'll find Pronto now at select Walgreens, Amazon or at ProntoSleep.com. Pronto Sleep is the gift of sleep from Australia. From RhinoMed. Bringing you advanced nasal therapy.
10: Hi, this is Joe Bellanti with JD Waterproofing at 1 800 Berry Dry. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1 800 Berry Dry, that's 1 800 Berry Dry, to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and/or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. JD Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. For your next client meeting, instead of worrying about where to get lunch, why not relax and get down to business? The Cooked
1: Goose Catering Company provides truly delicious value to satisfy hungry clients and colleagues alike, like their best seller, roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans just $10.95 a person. Visit CookedGooseCatering.com slash word and get to work. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just good food. Wake up and text
4: it's almost time for spring cleaning, and Family Dollar is ready to help with the laundry. Load up with great deals on detergents, like select Tide products for $2.95 with Visit your local Family Dollar store today and save.
1: Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. For nearly 40 years, Central Christian Academy in Houston is where pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to become top of the class. Learn more at CCASchool.com.
6: Yeah. Uh, no. Well, uh, apparently the city, uh, city of Pittsburgh's uh, city council has been uh, looking at passing laws that would ban alligators, Good. turtles, uh, turtles, reptiles. Yeah, turtles. Uh, because red-eared sliders are the most common form of turtle. I used to own a couple of red-eared sliders. People abandon them. They, uh, you know, put them in sewers or whatever. Put them in, you know, and then. It, what is wrong with people? You know, I cannot
7: stand the idea that someone acquires a pet and then decides that their responsibility to the animal ends and they just put them out in the wilderness. Yeah, that's exactly what what's, is, what's I mean, seriously. The fact that alligators end up in the Mon mm-hmm. is appalling. It's um, terrible. Was
6: it last year? Last year, five alligators were found that's in the city so of Pittsburgh bad. neighborhoods. That's so The year bad. before, there were four. So the city council wants to do something about it. So they're saying essentially is that alligators, snakes, turtles, they have to be in some sort of uh, – uh, hard enclosure, like a box. Uh, there's a lot of conversation about this, whether or not this is going to pass. Humane Society's involved in this. PETA is involved in this. But at least we're talking about reptiles, alligators, snakes, the care and the, um, the safety of those Good. so they don't get out in the open.
7: Good. That's all. I also really dislike snakes. I appreciate the fact that God made them. I think it's awesome that they do terrific things. I don't want to have anything to do with them. I don't either. So if someone has a snake as a pet and leaves it to go outside, first of all, it's not fair to the snake. Second of all, it freaks me out. So can we just end any possibility of that? People love snakes, right? Do they? They creep me out.
6: Anyway, it's Friday.
7: It's Friday. I'm excited.
6: Oh, the weekends, you got plans?
7: Uh, my daughter's coming home. Hey, my son is yeah, coming home. Yeah, for a week. I'm super excited about that. Goodness,
6: we got a revolving door at our house. One son's gone, another son comes back. Yeah, it's the role of the That's parent. That's how it is. Mike, we hope that you're feeling better.
7: We love Mike. Yes? Appreciate he, he it. Thank came to, He came to work the last two days sick as a dog. We really
6: appreciate it. Streaming live on 101.5 Word FM on Facebook. And uh, you can Have check it out anytime. Bye, guys. The Ride Home with John and Kathy.
1: A production of
13: Salem Media Group.